Well, last week, um, last week uh, we were uh, talking about the story about where Jesus came in and he meets this r- young rich ruler. Uh, and if you took anything away last week, you probably took away that you are rich because uh, you are. Uh, and if you're still struggling with that, that's okay. You're just not there yet, but you'll get there. Uh, but but, but we, we talked about this young rich ruler and uh, Jesus has the gift of eternal life to offer. And this young, young rich ruler basically says, hey, listen, I've, my, everything in my life is going great. I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm ticking off the list of everything I'm supposed to do. What can I do to get what you have to offer of eternal life? And Jesus basically says, listen, if you wanna be perfect, take everything you have, sell it to the poor, and then come and follow me. And to which the scripture tells us that the man walked away sad because he had great wealth. He had a lot, of, a lot of stuff. We are called to steward our stuff like this. Why are we called to steward our stuff like this? We steward our stuff like this because it really doesn't belong to us. It really doesn't belong to us. And, and I'd like to kind of just uh, dispel you of the notion or the non-truth that only 10% of your stuff belongs to God. Uh, God asks for 10%. He does ask for 10%. The reason he does that is because he wants to be acknowledged first. That is your first fruit. But the rest of the 90 isn't just for you to go and just squander away. No, I think God has something to say about the other 90%. God wants all of you, not just a portion of you. He wants all of you, not just a portion of you. And so today we're going to continue, and it may, uh, it may seem a little bit odd where we're going to go today, picking up from last week, uh, but the, the faith component, because we are, we are declaring and we are believing for an increase of faith in this house. Who is believing for an increase of faith in, faith in this house? Okay, we're believing for an increase of faith. So this is going to come back toward the end, so just hang with me, because we're actually going to jump a couple chapters over from where we were last week, and we're going to talk about something that might not seem to connect, but I believe it will once we get to the end. Would you stand with me? We're going to Matthew chapter 22 today. Let's read together. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those servants who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Ouch. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
for many are invited, but few are chosen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word brings life. I thank you that it can be transformative in our lives today if, you, if we will let it. So Father, as we have come today, I pray, Lord, that you would move and do a mighty work. Let the words that make no sense from my mouth and nonsense fall to the ground, but everything you have for us, stay and change us for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, I'm, I like parties. Anybody like parties? Anybody like parties? Yeah, I, I'm a big party fan. I, I like to party. I like to throw parties. I like to go to parties. Um, I'm a partier. I'm, I'm glad I don't party like the world parties, uh, but, but, uh, but I have fun at the parties that I go to. I, I, like, I like to party. I like being invited to parties. That's a fun thing as well, uh, getting invited. But sometimes when I get an invitation to go to a party, I don't always say yes. I don't always say yes. Do you always say yes to the invitations that you receive? And there's a variety of reasons why, you know, I might say yes or I might say no to an invitation to a, to a party. Uh, one of the questions that I hate that people ask me when I invite them to come to a party that I'm hosting is, who else is going to be there? Because I'm like, wait a second. I'm the one inviting you to this party it doesn't matter who else is going to be there. Come and hang out with, with me. But, but what we tend to put conditions on the invitations we accept. We tend to put uh, conditions on the invitations we say yes to. And sometimes we say yes to invitations and we still don't show up. You glad you came this morning? I am. As we get into the message today, the first thing I want us to understand, uh, and this man, I tell you what, this, this truth, many of, you, many of you know, you've heard this before, we've said this here before a, a lot, but guys, we live in a democracy where we elect officials into office and we, uh, and we have a lot of say about what we do in our own lives and what we won't do and will do, and, and we get to kind of view the world through our own lens and kind of dictate our life around it. Uh, but I want you to understand, and we've really got to zero in on this point, hammering this this point home today. If you belong to the kingdom, you have a king. You have a king. And, and this is of supreme importance as we even just navigate our lives in the kingdom. We have to understand that we are not in control and we are not in charge. And guys, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It doesn't feel like a good thing sometimes. But boy, it is a good thing. The king of all the universe, the God who I often say breathes stars and put the planets into motion and knows the number of hair on your heads. This God, this incredible, glorious, extraordinary, indescribable God, the one that we just sang about that has reckless love for you. He is your king. He is your king. And what a major, 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 wonderful benefit to have a king who says, I am for you, not against you. I am with you and I, I am, I, you have access to me and I see you in your need and I will meet you where you are. Guys, if you know anything, if you studied any history about kings, Kings usually are not that generous because kings are usually people who are selfish and begin to rule with an iron fist. 
our king sees you and calls you by name. That's an incredible thing. Now, if I was teaching to a group of people in a time period who was operating truly under a king, that statement would be astonishing. It would be astonishing that the king would want to know your name, would care about your life, would care about what you care about, and would want to see you thrive and live very, very best. So there's no, there's no question on whether or not we have a king. There shouldn't be any question whether Jesus is our king. This is what he says in a conversation to Pilate in John 18. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is not of this world. That means, as Justin, Pastor Justin, uh, taught on Thursday night, we have an upside down kingdom. And we are trying to live within this kingdom of the world with this upside down kingdom paradigm. And guys, we can't do it on our own. We cannot, can, can we just at least admit today that we need some help? Help, I need somebody, help. Maybe that's a worship song we should. <laughs> Guys, we need help. Some of you really need help. I mean, really need help. But we need help. And this God of the universe says, I'll help. I will, I will help. There is a reverence. There is a posture with which we should approach this king. Now, we serve a multifaceted God, and it is glorious and fun to be able to talk about all of his benefits and his ways and his grace and all those things. But I have to also say, guys, that we serve a God who is sovereign and deserves our reverence and respect He is God enthroned. He is the one that we are going to praise for all eternity. And here's what the God of the universe says to you. He says, you have been invited to come. You have been invited to come. Oh man, what a glorious privilege it is for us to be invited to come. My daughters, all four of them, when it comes to be, it's their birthday time, we allow them to have a birthday party. And we have a rule in our house that you are allowed to invite the number of friends that corresponds with the age that you're turning. So if my daughter turns six, they invite six friends. If they turn 10, they invite 10 friends. And that rule stops right there. We don't go, no, I'm kidding, no. They invite that many friends. Now, yes, there's an aspect of that that, I, you know, if, if, if my kids were just unleashed to invite everybody they could, uh, they would invite everybody they can, and we would have to have the party here, and we would go broke because we have four daughters, okay? But that's not really what we're trying to teach our kids. What we're trying to teach our kids is be intentional with who you want to invite. And it is a privilege to be invited. But what does it look like if you have six invitations and you send those six invitations and one of those people, and you've got 20, 40, 50 people you can choose from, you choose six and one of those people says, eh, or doesn't respond, or says, I'm going to come and doesn't show up. My question I'd I'd like us to kind of consider this morning is this. What are you doing with your invitation to come? 
The daily invitation God has given you to come. What are you doing with your invitation to come? It is an honor to be invited. And the Bible tells us we don't deserve to be invited. Did you know that? You do not deserve the invitation you have to come to the king. Why? Because of this thing called sin. Over in Romans, it says this, the wages of sin is death. That simply means that the price that we have to pay for our sin, which by the way, every one of us is our sinners in here. Sorry to break that news to you. Everybody qualifies for that, okay? Meaning that the price for our sin is death. But here's the cool thing. God gives us a gift. And it's not a gift we conjured up. It's not a gift one of my friends gave me or that I inherited from my parents. It's a gift from the king. It's a gift from God. And it is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He gives us this gift. God says, you don't deserve this invitation, but I want you to come. The prophet Isaiah says this, come now. This is the Lord speaking through prophet Isaiah. Come now, let us reason together. Guys, do you know how astonishing that is that a king, the God of the universe, would value you so much that he says, come, let us, let's work this out. I want you so bad. Let's, let's talk about this. Come on. Let's reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. White as snow. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, this is the invitation that we have. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Is anybody weary or burdened in the house this morning? Anybody lying this, no. Anybody weary or burdened this morning? Some of you drug in this morning because of the weight of the world, maybe the weight of your shame, maybe the weight of your sin, maybe the weight of the, the, the life you've been living in. Jesus, invite Jesus, come. Come all of you, not some of you, not the ones who have, your, who have earned their badge to get it. No, all of you come who are weary and burdened. I've got rest. What are you doing with your invitation to come? How are you treating the invitation to come? You have been invited to come and it's a privilege to go. You've been invited to come and it is a privilege to go. Uh, back when Pastor Ronnie was in the, the lead pastorate role, we would have prayer down in the offices, down in the staff, uh, in the staff wing down there. And on Sunday mornings, we would gather together at eight o'clock and we would pray. And I remember there was this season where people, and I probably was one of them, was showing up late or wouldn't show up at all. And so one day we were all there and we're holding hands and we pray. And, he, and when we get done praying, we drop hands and he looks at all of us and he says, it is a privilege to be invited to come in here and pray. And then he walks out. Ronnie has a way of just dropping a microphone. And, uh, and so, and it cut. And here's the thing. All these years later, I remember that. And I appreciate it because it's so true. How often we forget that we are in privileged places, people. So often we forget how privileged it is to be invited, to be asked to be a part of something. It is a privilege and we treat it as a right, as, a, as opposed to a privilege. What are you doing with the invitation? What are you doing? So the king sends out, this king is hosting a banquet and the inference here is that all of the people that have been invited have already accepted the invitation because the banquet is ready. The king sends out the servant after everything has been killed, everything is made ready. So he goes out and he says, go get my servants, go get all those people we invited and tell them, come on, it's time to eat. Let me tell you, if you tell me it's time to eat, I'm there. There's not, 
Not too much, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be there. It's time to eat. But the Bible tells us that those who accepted the invitation chose not to come. Now, I want you to understand, and again, I know it's hard because we live in this democracy where you get to be your own king, but here's the deal. That king at that moment, at that moment had every right to take off every one of their heads that didn't show up. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, to the, he says to the servants, go back to them. Come on, come, let us reason together, right? Go back to them and say, hey, listen, I have, I have killed the fatted calf. All of what you need is right here. I am excited to see you come. He pleads, come to the wedding banquet. To which one says, I'm too busy with my farm. I'm too busy with my business. I'm so busy doing X, Y, and Z that I can't come. And I wonder, church, have we grown too busy among the world's affairs that we do not have time to answer the invitation to come? Have we grown too busy with our own agenda and our own list and our own things that when God woos us to come, when the time is, here's the thing, some of you have been waiting and praying and sowing in prayers and tears for a breakthrough, for a transformation, for reconciliation to happen in a relationship, to be forgiven by somebody, for God to meet a financial need, for somebody to be released from addiction. You've been believing for all of these things, yet, yet, when God says, come on, let's go, you are not ready to show up because you are too busy trying to figure it out on your own. He gives you an invitation to come into his presence and he has absolutely everything you need. It takes faith to go into the presence of the Lord. It takes faith to say, I'm not going to numb the pain anymore, but I'm actually gonna trust you, God, with this problem, with this addiction, with this pain, with this relationship. I'm not gonna put a temporary fix in it on anymore, God. I'm actually going to trust that you can come in and do something supernatural in it. But when he invites you to come, here's the thing. He says, come, but I have prepared everything. Don't come with your preparation, with your ideas, with your fix. He says, come and let's do it the way I tell you to do it. And if you'll do it the way I tell you to do it, there's going to be supernatural results every single time. Every single time. What are you doing with your invitation today, church? Because you have been invited. You are not excluded. You have been invited. And here's the thing. Are you ready for this? We're talking about a king here. Your presence is both requested and it's required. So we don't like that required part because we want it to be on our own terms. But when we're talking about the God of the universe, he does request it. Can you imagine I cooked a dinner at my house I like to cook at my house. I cooked a dinner. I mean, I mean I'm talking about it's going to be slamming. Is that the right word? Slamming? Bussing? It's bussing, okay? It's coming in clutch, right? Okay? No cap, right? Okay, so listen. So, so I'm, 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 this, this dinner, I mean, it's, it's going to be awesome. And I've got everything prepared. Everything's laid out on the table. And I go to the steps and I say, girls, come on down. It's time for dinner. Can you imagine Lucia yelling back down? No, thanks. <laughs> or Hadassah saying, oh, dad, never, no, don't worry about it. I'll eat next week. 
Dad, I want to finish. Now, I do hear this. Dad, can I finish my game? Can I finish all these? No. The, the, the invitation is right now. And I requested your presence as, as, as a convenience to you to let you know, basically, I require you to get up off what you're doing and come down and eat this meal that I just prepared for you. Why? Because what's going on at the table is far greater, a far greater value than anything you've got going on. God has prepared a table for you. And you have an invitation to come. And because you belong to him and he is a king, your presence is requested and it is required. And it is required. It's an honor to be invited. And how we approach the table, there's there's something to how we approach the table. And we're gonna talk about that in just just a second. Let Let me tell you something. If you, anybody here, who here is a manager or an employer or owns a business? Raise your hand. We've got quite a few in our house, yeah? Okay. All right. I have been, I have been in that type of role for, for two decades. And there have been times that Sherry and I have sacrificed. People wouldn't know this because we don't share this in brain, but we have sacrificed to throw a party for those we employ. Like we have sacrificed. Why? Because we want to bless those who work for us. We want all this. And do you know what kind of, how it makes me feel when I set a date for a party that's going to bless the people that work for me and then they just don't come? They just don't show up. Okay, side note right here, just a piece of wisdom. If you work for somebody and they throw you a party, you need to go. You need to go, okay? Show up to the party. Whether you feel like it or not, go to the party. Because those who show up, it brings me great joy to bless them. It brings me great joy to bless them. So in other words, your presence is requested, but it's also required also required. We serve such a gracious king, such a gracious king where he sends for them again. And they say, I am too busy. I am too busy doing this. I'm too busy doing that. He gives them another chance. And not only does he give them another chance, when they go out, the word tells us that some people killed the messengers. They murdered the, mes- the innocent messengers of the king. In other words, in other words, not only are we not coming to your celebration, but we want to make sure that nobody else gets to go either. Do you understand, do I understand that our choices affect other people? That there are consequences to the choices that we make that affect other people, that you are not just in your own right in a bubble by yourself, but when you choose not to come, it affects other people. You miss God's best when you don't show up. Guys, I hate missing Sunday mornings. Uh, we, we just did a sabbatical and every Sunday, uh, there was every single Sunday, there was a, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. I miss this place. I hate, if we do a vacation, Sherry and I will do it from Sunday after second gathering all the way to Saturday evening. But if there's, if there's a service going on here, we want to be.
be here. We don't want to miss what God has for us. And we understand that it's not just about coming in here and being filled up like this. But I also understand that God might very well have me in there for a reason to bless and encourage somebody else. When you don't show up, you are missing out on what God has for you, but the potential is there that that other people are missing out on what you have to bring to the table as well. Showing up is so valuable. It is so important. And some of us are missing God's best simply because we don't show up. We don't show up. Guys, it's important to be in the house of the Lord, but even, even, even beyond that, it's important to be in community, to show up. It's important to be, somebody just posted recently, I forgot who it was, somebody was posting recently, they were at their kid's game and they were saying, boy, it's so important to be at my kid's game because when my kid looked out in the crowd after he scored that goal, who was he looking for? He was looking for me. Your kids know when you don't show up. Showing up is important. And that's why it's important that we listen to the Holy Spirit about all the things that we've committed to because if we're overcommitted because we didn't listen to the Holy Spirit, we can't show up to the things we're supposed to show up to. Do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? What are you doing with your invitation to come? Are you too overwhelmed and bogged down by all the things of the world? No, the invitation of God. What would it look like, saints, if we woke up each morning, literally woke up each morning when our eyes opened and said, Father God, what do you want me to do today? But Kevin, you don't understand. I've got kids and breakfast and work and all. You don't think the God of the universe knows that you have all of those things? But here's the question. Do you trust him enough that if he tells you to step like this and you miss one of those things that you can trust that he has ordered your steps and he will take care of everything else? Sometimes God will require that sacrifice step because he wants to test to see if he can use you for greater and better things. But if you don't step in faith and you don't walk in obedience, he only can trust you with a little bit. But I believe in a church, Springhouse Church, the people here who are, who are praying for a demand of an increase of faith in our lives, that there are people here who God has much for. Much for, why? So that we can gloat and say, look at us, we got so, no. Because man, there are numbers to be added to the kingdom of God. And when we see an explosion of the supernatural in your life because of your obedience, there are people that take note and then they want to taste and see that the Lord is good. And when they taste and see that he's good, they will come in groves and there is a lost world out there that needs to know this Jesus. Guys, what are you doing with your invitation to come? Many are invited, few are chosen. So, Your presence is valuable. Several Christmases ago, I was running with a group of friends. This is actually before I got married. Running with a group of friends. And I got, I just gotten weighed down with all of this, all of this stuff I was doing. I was just so busy, just busy, 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 busy. That was during a season I was saying a lot of yes to things I should be saying no to. And just so busy. And my friends were like, come to the party, Kevin. You come into the party, Kevin. Kevin, you come into the party. Yeah, I'll be there. I think I'll be there. You come into the party. Well, the party night came. And I didn't want to go. I didn't have the time to go. And so what I decided to do is I went out and I got a bunch of gifts. I got some really good gifts. And I quickly got them. I wrapped them up. And I drove by right before the party started. And I laid those gifts right on the the porch of the party. And then I left. I said, there you go. That's my contribution to the party. Well, about 30 minutes passed. I know the party had started. I was like, 
No text, no phone call. I mean, these were some outrageous, this is some good gifts. No, no, nobody, no, no, thank you. Oh, I'm just so excited. No, nothing. I was like, man, what's going on? So I thought to myself, you know, maybe they need a little bit of a nudge, you know, just a little bit of a nudge. So I text them, I say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Expecting my next, you know, the next text to be something like, Kevin, this was just so wonderful that you got us all of these radio silence. And so I'm like, surely they saw those gifts. So I got in my car. No, no, I didn't want to go to the party. I got in my car. I drive by the party just to see if they took the gifts off the front porch. And they did, which didn't make me feel any better. I was getting ticked. And I started to really make up some things in my mind about how I felt about these friends. And so I started to drive off and all of a sudden, bing, my phone goes off. And I get a text, and this is what the text said. Never negate the power of presence. Never negate the power of presence. One of the greatest gifts Pastor Ronnie has given me in this house is that I can count to see him right over there. I can see him, his presence is here. I know that he doesn't agree with 100% of everything that I do, but I know that he's right there. I can count on his presence being there. And it means the world to me that he's in my corner, that he prays for me, that he loves me. And guess what? I feel the same about so many of you. When I look out here, I say, I can count on your presence. Never negate the power of showing. Some of you carry in here an insecurity where you say, man, I don't even know if I wanna go because they're not gonna see me anyway. They're not gonna see me. They're not gonna, man, they're not gonna really, nobody, nobody pays attention to me. I don't matter. And you continue to let the enemy just stir that lie. Stir that lie. Because I guarantee you, when you don't show up, you are missed because God has something to do through you and to you. Showing up is so important. And so the king kills all the people, kills them all, and says, go back out and invite the good, get this, invite the good and the bad. Do I have any bad people in this house this morning? Anybody bad like me in here? Guess what? You get an invitation. You get an invitation. You get, did Oprah say, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get, listen, everybody gets an invitation to the celebration of the king's son. No matter if you've been good or bad, there's no requirement except that you come. What are you doing with your daily invitation to come? Or is it buried underneath everything else? Those who show up for God always receive more than they expected. When you show up for God, you'll always receive more than you expect. So what are you doing with your invitation? What are you doing with your invitation? Last week, I gave you a homework assignment. You remember the homework assignment? Praise God, we remember things. <laughs> homework assignment was, ask the Lord to identify something in your life, something in your life that you are holding onto like this, that he would say, it's time to let it go. 
And then furthermore, to give it to someone who's in need, who the Holy Spirit lays on your heart to give it to, so that you can see God do supernatural blessing through you into somebody else's life. I want Pastor Justin to quickly come and share a testimony from last week. And my prayer is that you all have similar testimonies happening in you. When he said quickly, I didn't know if I needed to like move quickly or speak quickly. So I'm just going to try to do both, both. There we go. There's the answer. And I'm going to play. Oh, he's got the, yes. You're supposed to play softly behind me. Dear Lord. Right? Are y'all ready for a revival in the house this morning? Jeez, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, so, so last year, let me preface this by saying none of this is my idea. This is God's idea and partly my wife's idea. So it's always God's idea. Um, so last year, my wife drove my work truck that I love. Uh, to Chattanooga to help our daughter out. And then she was like, is your truck going to make it? And I was like, what do you mean is it going to make it? Absolutely, it's going to make it. So when she got back, she was like, it's time to get you a new truck. And I'm like, I'm not going to argue with that. So um, I love this truck. This truck's a great truck. It's a great work truck. It's got a toolbox on the back, a little tow package. I just put brand new tires on. This is my truck. I love it, right? Take care of it. Well, we were in a position to where I was able to get a new truck and still keep the old truck. And so I had that truck and I was just using it for, to, to let people borrow it if they needed to do truck things, you know, like take off like trash or pick up a, a bed or something like, but they don't have a, tr- uh, you know, they have a focus that they can use the truck. So... So I've been holding it, and it's been my backup plan. If something ever happens to my truck or i got to put it in the shop, I've got a backup plan, right? And I'll just go get in the gray truck, and it'll be fine. So last week during early gathering when Pastor Kevin gave the call, um, I heard the Lord say, your truck. And I was like, that's not like... I don't really think that's what he said because I was confused because Pastor Kevin just gave away one of his cars, right? And I was like, maybe I'm having like, like I'm empathizing with him and I'm trying to give a car away too. That's not, no God, you had to tell me twice, right? So luckily I'll go to the next gathering. So I'm down here during second gathering and Kevin makes the invitation again. I hear the Lord say, your truck. And then he adds this, and some of you already know what it is, Right? And then we're supposed to look at our spouse. And so I look at her. She says, do you know? And I'm like, no, I don't know. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely not. I do not know. And she was like, I don't know either. Right? (laughs) So then I go home and I'm wrestling. You know what I mean? I'm like, Kevin, you want me to what? And he sits up in bed. So I'm wrestling with it all night. And I was like, man, I really... I really feel like I heard you, God. So the next morning, I texted my wife when I was in the shop. I said, hey, when I told you I didn't know, I lied. Uh, God did tell me to give away my truck. She was like, oh, my gosh. God told me your truck, too. But I didn't want to say anything because that's your truck, right? (laughs) But But here's how beautiful that is, that God confirmed it through husband and wife separately. Amen. Right? And then she had enough honor and respect for me that she was like, I'm not just going to give your stuff away. I want God to tell you, then you'll give it away. Right? Because it's not mine either. It's not mine. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So then we prayed about it and God placed somebody on my heart. 
And um, me and Jess tried to do a little reconnaissance to see if there was a need. And we was like, just stop. Just tell them. So we told the people. And, um, and the wife was like, oh, my gosh. This is an answer to something we've been praying about for several months now. See, the guy who I'm giving the truck to has been, he's felt led of God to step out on his own in the construction business. He's worked for in construction for years for other people. He's always had company trucks. And one of the biggest hiccups or hurdles that he would have to overcome would be a, a, a reliable work vehicle for him to go out and do it on his own. And he's racked his brain about all the ways that he could make it happen. And all the while, God had been preparing a way to bless him through an extra truck as a backup plan. And so the, the beautiful thing is that we get to meet a need, but what's even more beautiful is that we get to see someone's faith increase because God has taken care of them in an unexpected way. Yes, 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 yes. Now, if Pastor Justin had decided to stay home and eat Cheerios last week and not come to church, he would have not heard the word of the Lord that led into this event, this, this ripple of events that blessed this person's life that ultimately is going to come back and bless Pastor Justin. You know how discouraged I would have been last week, Katie, if you decided to just stay home? I mean, God, it, when you don't show up, you miss out. You miss out on what God, what God, what God has, has for you. And, uh, and, and God is so, he's so, he's just so faithful and incredible. Boy, I love the way he weaves things together. So in the story, God comes. I love this guy right here. Can you get on those bongos over there? Y'all can come out out. I got a few more things to say, but come on out. Um, and let Justin sit down. Praise God. All right. The king comes out into the party to enjoy the, 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 to enjoy the gift that he has given all of these people. Ones who do not deserve it, the good and the bad, they're all there. And he comes out into the party and he looks around the party and he's just enjoying. You guys know what it's like to be in the place of giving something. And the king comes out and he's enjoying the spread that's been laid out in honor of his son and that all of these friends get to enjoy it. And he spots this one fellow. He spots this one fellow. And he goes to the fellow and he pulls him in and he says, why don't you have your wedding garment on? Why don't you have your wedding garment on? The Bible tells us that the man was speechless. I love this portion in here. I love that he uses the word friend. Because I believe that the king has such compassion that he gives one more last ditch effort. Maybe there is a suitable excuse of why you have come in a position that you, in a way that you should have not come. You know, how you show up is just as important as showing up. After a party in 2009, New Year's party, it was a masquerade party. We had a great time. That's JD and Mary. I don't know if y'all were married at that point. Maybe you were. But everybody came looking like this, and Wade and Connie Hutchinson came looking like this. <laughs> he didn't understand that it was a masquerade party, so they just put on different costumes, and they were definitely set apart from the rest of us. When you don't come correctly wearing the king's clothes, 
you stand out. Man, this seems like a harsh thing for the king to do, to look at somebody and say, you didn't come correctly to this party wearing wedding clothes, so you need to, you need to be tossed out. Doesn't that sound like works? Doesn't that sound like we gotta work so hard? Well, here's the thing that you might not understand. It was customary during that time for the king, when he threw a banquet, to supply the wedding clothes for the guest. So when the king asked the man, where's your wedding clothes? He wasn't asking him to come up from whatever, what, what, he, what he had in his own closet. He was saying, I have prepared everything that you needed. Why did you come up short? And some of us are accepting the invitation, but you're saying, I'm going to stroll up in here any way I want to. I'm not going to lay down that lifestyle. I'm not going to lay down that addiction. I'm not going to lay down that pride. I'm not going to lay down that relationship. I'm going to come because I'm invited. So I'm going to come. But lo and behold, when you show up, when you show up, you are going to stick out. And can you imagine what it felt to be singled out amongst everybody else in the party? I bet you it was a heart drop moment. In fact, the word tells us that the man was speechless. You must show up on his terms, not your own. But the glorious part of all of that is that he has given you everything that you need. He has given you everything that you need. Guys, I have to tell you, as your pastor, I have to let you know that as your pastor, there is a standard of living for those who belong to the kingdom of God. There is a standard of living. And I know we talk about God's grace and his mercy and it's so prevalent. It's, it is so there and we need it. But man, if we didn't have his mercy and grace, there would be no chance of us even attempting the standard. But here's the thing. It is in his mercy and grace that we're able to achieve the standard based on what he has done, based on what he has given. You need strength to show up right. He's got the strength to give you. You need the strength to forgive that person. He's got the strength to give you. Everything that we need, he's bringing it in groves. We just have to be willing to say, I'm here and receive and receive. Do you want God to do something supernatural in your life? Guys, I want the Lord to increase our faith in this place. I want him to increase our, our, our faith in this place, but we have to live lives that look like this. And we have to understand that he's given us everything we need. Second Peter says this, his divine power, his divine power, not mine, not, his divine power has given us everything we need. What for? A godly life. Are you not living a godly life? He's given you everything you need to do it. It is your choice not to put on the wedding clothes. It is your choice to choose how you come to the banquet. He's given us everything we need. He's given us everything we need. And this is where faith comes in because without faith, it is impossible to please God. God, God I have faith. I, this, this doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. I don't know how this is gonna work. I bought in too much to the world, but God, I need a change in my life. So I'm gonna believe you as I take this step in faith that you're gonna meet me right here. And aren't you glad that God does not require you to take 45 steps before he meets you? He just says, turn and I'll be right there. I will be right there. Some of you need God to show up in your life this morning, right there, right now. And he will 
if you're willing to let him. What are you doing with your invitation? All you have to do is come. He takes care of all of the rest. All of the rest. But Kevin, you don't understand. My situation is impossible. I didn't get to this last week, so I snuck it in right here at the end of that story about the rich young ruler. He says, the, the disciple says, who then can go into the kingdom? This is impossible. And Jesus says, with man, it is impossible. But guys, with God, all things are possible. You are not so lost, not so gone, not, not so down the road too far that God cannot do a transformative work in your life right now today on October, whatever the date is, 16, 15, something like that. Whatever it is today, this Sunday, right now, you don't have to leave here the same way you came. It's up to you. The invitation has come. You decide whether or not you're gonna come. Let's stand. Let's stand. I, I, Lord, I just, I'm asking you, God, that we would increase our faith enough to believe that you will do what you say you will do and that our confidence would be enough, God, that we would be able to freely share the testimonies of how you work in our lives, be it small or large, that you would lose something in this house and over households and over marriages and relationships that can't be explained away by the world, but can only be explained by an indescribable, incredible, extraordinary God. Would you move in our midst, even now today, God, in this place? We are leaning in to you today. In Jesus' name. If you're gonna pray with people, I invite you to come forward. If you need to address the invitation. You come today. It might be small, large. Maybe there's somebody that you know that needs to address the invitation. Maybe you need to come and pray on their behalf. You're not here for no reason. Come. Let's worship.